2: What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
3: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.
1: Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese
0: and I'm Lauren Bogelbaum, and today we've got an episode for you about Hansel and Gretel, including a reading of said story.
1: Yes, it's another food fairy tale. It's been a minute since we've done one of these.
0: Yeah, uh, we meant to get one together for Alice in Wonderland um, w- way, way back when the quarantine started. Um, we started mm-hmm. talking about that, and then it never happened, because as it turns out, we're busy, and the world is on fire, and <laughs> that was all distracting.
1: Yes, but we do intend to do that. It's yeah, there. It's right we there. Just, it's the outline exists. Oh, we yeah, we've done some do preliminary casting. I think it's going to be great. Um, it is, yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, <laughs> though, we're not doing that when we're doing no. Hotel and Gretel for yeah. Halloween. Uh, right. Because as this comes out, hopefully it's Halloween ish, approximately. <laughs> you know, schedules are weird, but that's uh-huh. the goal. Yeah. And this is a pretty freaky. Story, actually.
0: It is. It's been adapted into many a horror movie, um, also many a children's story. And so I, I love that line. I love that line of like, is it fun for kids or mm-hmm. is it going to just scare the absolute pants off of you?
1: Yeah, that is a fun line. Um, But yeah, these are one of our very favorite things to do. So we, we got mm-hmm. to work with some of our excellent co-workers who you'll hear. Yes. Yes. Very, very excited. But... I guess we should get to our question. Hansel and Gretel. What is it?
0: Well, uh, Hansel and Gretel is a story made famous by the brothers Grimm, a.k.a. Jacob and Wilhelm, Grimm. Um, these two were born in the 1780s in Germany and helped raise their three younger siblings after their parents died um, at a fairly young age. And this was a time of, of, of great upheaval in Europe. The Napoleonic Wars were raging, um, and part of the part of the work that Jacob and Wilhelm were doing, um, both in school and in Wilhelm's job as a librarian, was in the emerging field of philology—that is, the, the study of language in written and oral texts throughout history And the two would actually go on to do some pioneering work in tracing these sound shifts in the German language um, and and in founding the German dictionary. But in 1808, when they were each in their early 20s, this poet friend of theirs was working on a book of literary fairy tales and asked them to collect any folk tales that they might be able to find for him. And this poet wound up abandoning the project, but the brothers published their collection themselves in these two volumes, um, 86 tales in 1812, and then another 70 tales three years later, for 156 total stories. And, uh, and this was the first edition of Kinder und Hausmärchen, um, or Children's and Household Tales. And in it, um, a story called Hansel und Gretel appeared.
1: And many put the origins of this story, which we've all probably heard, uh, Mm -hmm. to the 14th century, specifically the Great Famine of 1315 to 1317 that left millions dead across Europe.
0: Yeah, and, and these years kicked off a few hundred years in which the climate in Europe was colder, the weather was rainier, the harvests were worse, livestock got sick, people got sick, and starvation set in.
1: The situation was so horrific that parents would sometimes abandon their children to care for themselves or to presumably die to starve to death. And on top of that, there were rumors of cannibalism. And from these rumors came oral stories of children left to survive on their own and falling prey to a stranger that intended to eat them.
0: And uh, rumors and, and stories like this, like Hansel and Gretel, um, are found in the oral tradition throughout Europe. Um, Though, like, the number of children involved and the uh, specific villain involved will differ. Um, In Russia, Baba Yaga might show up. Um, Elsewhere, there's a a devil or a demon rather than a witch.
1: Um, Yeah, there's this French song. I feel like I brought it up on the show before because it has such an upbeat tune. I was listening to it and I was like, wait a minute, did that guy just chop up those kids and put them in soup and then feed them to Santa Claus? Is that Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, cool. <laughs> it, they everything works out. Santa works his magic, and the kids are fine. Um, but yes, this story of Hansel and Gretel, the stories like it, they were shared over the generations until the brothers Grimm wrote down Hansel and Gretel and popularized it.
0: And the, the specific version that they recorded may have come from Wilhelm's wife, um, Henriette, um, or from her family. Um, a, a marginal note in that first edition indicates that she was helping with the adaptation.
1: But things changed over the next 50 years, and when the final Grim edition was published in 1857, it was no longer super chill to have a fairy tale about parents abandoning their children. Uh, cannibalism still cool, though. That's fine. But Let's let's look at this abandonment <laughs> thing. Uh, uh-huh. So some changes were made. The mother was rewritten as an evil stepmother, uh, and the father was uh, painted in a far more sympathetic light.
0: Yeah, um, and, and they refined pretty much all of the stories pretty intensely over those four or five decades. That 1857 version is is considered yeah the, the definitive edition. It has 210 tales, and uh, Wilhelm really shifted the stories from their original oral tradition style to a more literary style in the interest of appealing to the public. And appeal it did. Um, The stories in it would be translated and adapted extensively. Um, And so, you know, though they they weren't originally meant for children— Specifically, and like most, were tales that had been passed among adult oral storytellers who were like getting each other through these days and nights of hard labor. Um, and and even though the collection of those stories was part of this like very specifically German nationalist movement that was growing, uh, the, the the stories do have these universal themes. These these just wildly relatable um, fears and and hopes um, and. In Hansel and Gretel, you, you've got um, you've got these tropes of of abandonment, of, of being lost and hungry, of of being prey, um, and also of outwitting a foe and finding hope and and reunion. Um, but some of those details can can really shift from version to version.
1: Oh yeah, it changed a lot. Uh, to reflect the morals of whatever time it was being told. Uh, The 1893 opera by Engelbert Humperdinck uh, switched it back to The Cold Mother, but she only sent them out to pick strawberries instead of, you know sending them out to die. Uh In a 1951 stop-motion version, the children decided to go into the woods all on their own. A 1983 TV version was essentially sending the message, don't take candy from strangers. That's sort of how I always took it when I was a Mm -hmm. kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2013, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters came out, (laughs) and Hansel and Gretel Get Baked, which is what you think it is. (laughs) Then in 2014, Neil Gaiman and illustrator Lorenzo Matati produced a book depicting Hansel and Gretel as modern-day refugees desperate for food.
0: Oh, wow. huh? Um, it, but yeah, there have been so many adaptations um, from Germany and America and Wales and Lithuania and South Korea. Uh, just this year, a horror film called Gretel and Hansel premiered, um, which I have not seen. Um, I've heard it's good. Have you Have you
1: seen that one? I haven't, but I'm intrigued. Do you think they switched the order of the names because they were like, that name's already taken? Or were they trying to, was it like hmm. some sort of feminist, like, no, let's put yeah. Gretel first? From from
0: the little bit that I've read about it, um, it sounds like they're really emphasizing um, Gretel's role and, and her uh, kind of developing her character a little bit beyond. Um, in the original telling, she's the younger of the two siblings, and uh, and she doesn't, she doesn't really do anything other than like cry until right. the the last like the the mm-hmm. like penultimate moment of, yes. of the thing, and then she really comes through. Yes, um, does. <laughs> uh, but but there's been a lot of um, like feminist theory and critical theory written about um, about that character and about women in general in this story, and uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit um, uh, afterwards. Uh, but you know we'll we'll let you let you hear hear the tale for yourself. Yeah. And on that note, I did want to say um, the text that we're using today is mostly the translation that the philologist uh, Margaret Hunt published in 1884, which was meant to be like scholarly literature, to be studied by adults. Um, It has just some really lovely, weird, dark turns of phrase, and its phrasing is kind of purposefully old-timey. Like even then, it was like preserving a lot of the these and thous and stuff like that so I, I did throw in a few bits from another translation published in 1882 by Lucy Crane which was meant to be more like like reading for fun and is a little bit more more modern and flowing mostly in the dialogue <laughs> because <laughs> because I I don't know yeah I, I like I like both for for different reasons but mm-hmm. but that's that's what I was feeling um and so yeah I guess uh without further ado let's well let's take a Quick break for a word from our sponsor, and then let's get into the story. This episode
1: is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone.
0: Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that
1: repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com.
7: start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily
6: to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
1: and we're back thank you sponsor
0: yes thank you and here is hansel and gretel
8: Hard by a great forest dwelt a poor woodcutter with his wife and their two children. The boy was called Hansel, and the girl Gretel. He had little to bite and to break, and once when great scarcity fell upon the land, the man could not even gain the daily bread. As he lay in bed one night, thinking of this and turning and tossing, he groaned and said to his wife, What
4: will become of us? "'How are we to feed our poor children "'when we no longer have anything even for ourselves?'
8: "'The woman answered.
7: "'I'll tell you what, husband. "'We will take the children early in the morning "'into the forest where it is thickest. "'There we will light a fire for them "'and give each of them one piece of bread more. "'And then we will go to our work and leave them alone. "'They will never find the way home again, "'and we shall be rid of them.'
4: "'No, wife, I will not do that.' I cannot find in my heart to take my children into the forest and to leave them there alone. The wild animals would soon come and tear them to pieces. Oh, you
7: fool, then we must all four die of hunger. You may as well plane the planks for our
8: coffins. And she left him no peace until he consented.
4: But I feel very sorry for the poor children all the same.
8: The two children had also not been able to sleep for hunger and had heard what their stepmother had said to their father. Gretel wept bitter tears.
1: Now all is over with us. Do be quiet, Gretel, and do not fret. I will manage something.
8: And when the old folks had fallen asleep, he got up, he put on his little coat, opened the door below, and crept outside. The moon shone brightly, and the white pebbles which lay in front of the house glittered like real silver pennies. Hansel stooped and put as many of them in the little pocket of his coat as he could possibly get in. Then he went back and said to Gretel,
1: Be comforted, dear little sister, and sleep in peace. God will not forsake us.
8: And he lay down again in his bed. When day was breaking, and before the sun had risen, the woman came and awoke the two children.
7: Get up, you sluggards. We are going into the forest to fetch wood. There is something for your dinner, but do not eat it up before then, for you will get nothing else.
8: And she gave each a little piece of bread. Gretel took the bread under her apron, as Hansel had the stones in his pocket. Then they all set out together on the way to the forest. When they had walked a short time, Hansel stood still and peered back at the house, and did so again and again.
4: Hansel, what are you looking at? Mind yourself and do not forget how to use your legs.
1: Ah, father, I was looking at my little white cat, which is sitting up on the roof and wants to
7: say goodbye to me. Fool, that is not your little cat. That is a morning sun which is shining on the chimneys.
8: Hansel, however had not been looking back at the cat, but had been constantly throwing one of the white pebble stones out of his pocket onto the road. When they had reached the middle of the forest, the father said,
4: "'Now, children,
8: pile up some wood, and I will light a fire that you may not be cold.' Hansel and Gretel gathered brushwood together as high as a little hill." The brushwood was lighted, and when the flames were burning very high, the woman said,
7: Now, children, lay yourselves down by the fire and rest. We will go into the forest and cut some wood. When we have done, we will come back and fetch you away.
8: Hansel and Gretel sat by the fire, and when noon came, each ate a little piece of bread. And as they heard the strokes of the wood axe, they believed that their father was near, It was not, however, the axe. It was a branch which he had fastened to a withered tree which the wind was blowing backwards and forwards. And as they had been sitting such a long time, their eyes shut with fatigue and they fell fast asleep. When at last they awoke, it was already dark night, and Gretel began to cry.
0: How are we to get out of the forest now?
8: But Hansel comforted her and said,
1: Shh, just wait a little until the moon has risen and then we will soon find the way.
8: And when the full moon had risen, Hansel took his little sister by the hand and followed the pebbles which shone like newly coined silver pieces and showed them the way. They walked the whole night long and by break of day came once more to their parents' house. They knocked at the door. And when the woman opened it and saw that it was Hansel and Gretel, she said,
7: You naughty children! Why have you slept so long in the forest? We thought you were never coming back at
8: all. The father, however, rejoiced, for it had cut him to the heart to leave them both in the woods alone. And not long afterwards, there was once again great scarcity in those parts, and the children heard their mother saying at night to their father,
7: Everything is eaten again. We have only half a loaf left, and after that, the tale comes to an end. The children must be off. We will take them farther into the wood this time, so that they shall not be able to find the way back again. There is no other way to manage.
8: But the man's heart was heavy, and he thought, It would be better to share one's last morsel with one's children. The woman, however would listen to nothing that he had to say, but scolded and reproached him. He who says A must say B. And likewise, when a man is given in once, he has to do it a second time. But the children were still awake and had heard this conversation. When the old folks were asleep, Hansel again got up, meaning to go out and pick up pebbles, as he had done before, but the woman had locked the door and Hansel could not get out. Nevertheless, he comforted his little sister.
1: Don't cry, Gretel, and go to sleep quietly, and God will help us.
8: Early in the morning, the woman came and pulled the children from their beds. She gave them each a little piece of bread, but it was even smaller than the time before. On the way into the forest, Hansel crumbled his in his pocket, and often stood still and threw a morsel upon the ground.
4: Hansel? What are you stopping and staring for? Go on.
1: I'm looking back at my little pigeon. It's sitting on the roof and wants to
7: say goodbye to me. Simpleton, that is not your little pigeon. That is a morning sun that is shining on the chimney.
8: Hansel, however, little by little, threw all the crumbs on the path. The woman led the children still deeper into the forest where they had never in their lives been before. Then a great fire was again made, and the mother said,
7: Just sit there, you children, and when you are tired, you may sleep a little. We are going away into the forest to cut wood, and in the evening when we are done, we will come and fetch you away.
8: When it was noon, Gretel shared her piece of bread with Hansel, who had scattered his by the way. Then they fell asleep, and evening came and went, but no one came to the poor children. They did not awake until it was dark night, and Hansel again comforted his little sister and said,
1: Just wait, Gretel, until the moon rises, and then we'll see the crumbs of bread I dropped. They will show us our way home
8: again. When the moon came, they set out, but they found no crumbs, for the birds of the woods and the fields had come and packed them all up. Hansel thought they might find the way all the same, but they could not. They walked the whole night, and all the next day too, from morning till evening. But they did not get out of the forest, and they could not find the way out of the wood, and they were very, very hungry, for they had nothing to eat but the few berries they could pick up. And when they were so weary that their legs would carry them no longer, they lay down beneath a tree and fell asleep. It was now three mornings since they had left their father's house. They began to walk again, but they only found themselves deeper in the forest, and if help had not soon come, they would have starved. But when it was midday, they saw a beautiful snow-white bird sitting atop a bough and singing so sweetly that they stopped to listen. And when it had finished its song, it spread its wings and flew away before them. And they followed the bird until they came to a little house, and the bird perched on the roof. And when they came nearer, they saw the house was built of bread, and roofed with cakes, and the window was of transparent sugar.
1: We will set to work on that and have a good meal. I will eat a piece of the roof, Gretel, and you can have some of the window. That will taste sweet."
8: So Hansel reached up and broke off a little of the roof to see how it tasted. And Gretel leaned against the window and nibbled at the panes, and then they heard a thin voice call from inside.
9: Nibble, nibble, like a mouse. Who is nibbling at my little house?
8: And the children answered,
0: Never never mind, mind. it It is is the the wind.
8: And they went on eating without disturbing themselves. Hansel who thought the roof tasted very nice, tore down a great piece of it, and Gretel pulled out the whole of one round windowpane and sat down and began upon it. Suddenly, the door opened, and a very, very old woman, leaning on a crutch, came creeping out. Hansel and Gretel were so terribly frightened that they dropped their feast. The old woman, however, nodded her head and said,
9: Oh, dear children, what has brought you here? Do come in and stay with me. No harm
8: shall come to you. She took them both by the hand and led them into her little house. Then good food was set before them, milk and pancakes with sugar, apples and nuts. After that, she showed them two little beds covered with clean white linen, and Hansel and Gretel lay down in them and thought they were in heaven. But, the old woman had only pretended to be so kind. She was really a wicked witch who lay in wait for children and had only built this little house of bread in order to entice them there. When a child fell into her power, she killed it, cooked it, and ate it, and that was a feast day with her. Witches have red eyes and cannot see far, but they have a keen sense of smell like the beast, and know very well when human creatures draw near. When she knew that Hansel and Gretel were coming, she gave a high, spiteful laugh and said triumphantly, (laughs) I have them,
9: and they shall not escape me again.
8: Early in the morning, before the children were awake, she was already up, and when she saw both of them sleeping so peacefully with their plump red cheeks, the witch muttered to herself,
9: That will be a dainty mouthful. What a fine feast I shall have.
8: Then she seized Hansel with her shriveled hand, dragged him into a little stable, and shut him behind a grated door and call and scream as he might, it was no good. Then she went to Gretel, and the witch shook her until she awoke.
9: Get up, lazy bones. Fetch water and cook something nice for your brother. He is outside in the stable and he must be fattened up. And when he is fat enough, I will eat him.
8: Gretel began to weep bitterly, but it was all in vain. She was forced to do what the wicked witch ordered her. And so the best food was cooked for poor Hansel. Gretel got nothing but crab shells. Every morning the woman crept to the little stable, and she cried,
9: Hansel, stretch out your finger so I may feel if you will soon be fat.
8: Hansel, however, stretched out a little bone to her instead, and the old woman, with her dim red eyes, could not see it and thought it was Hansel's finger and was astonished that there was no way of fattening him. When four weeks had gone by and Hansel seemed to remain too thin, she was seized with impatience and would not wait any longer.
9: Gretel, be quick and draw water. Let Hansel be fat or lean. Tomorrow I will kill him and cook him.
8: What a grief for the poor little sister to have to fetch the water, and how the tears flowed down over her cheeks.
0: Dear God, pray help us. If the wild beasts in the forest had but devoured us, at least we would have died together.
9: Just keep your noise to yourself. All that won't help you at all.
8: Early the next morning, Gretel had to get up, make the fire, and fill the kettle.
9: We will bake first. I have already heated the oven and kneaded the dough.
8: She pushed poor Gretel out to the oven, out of which flames were already darting to and fro.
9: Creep in
8: and see if it is properly heated so that we can shut the bread in. And once Gretel was inside, the witch intended to shut the oven and let her bake in it, and then she would eat her too, but Gretel saw what she had in mind and said,
0: I don't know how to do it. How do you get in? Silly goose,
9: the door's big enough.
0: Just look, I can get in myself.
8: And the witch stooped down and put her head in the oven's mouth. Then Gretel gave her a push that drove her far into it and slammed the iron door behind her and fastened the bolt. Oh, how frightfully she howled. But Gretel ran away and left this wicked witch to burn. Gretel ran like lightning to Hansel and opened the stable door wide.
0: Hansel, we are free! The old witch is dead!
8: Out flew Hansel like a bird from its cage. How they did rejoice and embrace one another and dance about. And as they had no need to fear the witch any longer, they went into her house. And in every corner there stood chests full of pearls and jewels. This is something better than pebbles. And he thrust into his pockets whatever could be gotten, and Gretel filled her pinafore full.
1: Now, away we go. If only we can get out of the witch's wood.
8: And when they had walked, for a few hours, they came to a great piece of water.
1: We'll never get across this. I see no stepping stones and no bridge. And there's no boat either.
0: But here comes a white duck. If I ask her, she'll help us over. Duck, duck, here we stand. Hansel and Gretel on the land. Stepping stones and bridge we lack. Carry us over on your nice white back.
8: The duck came to them, and Hansel seated himself on its back and told his sister to sit by him.
0: No, that will be too heavy for the little duck. She'll take us across one after the other.
8: The good little duck did just that. And when they were once safely across and had walked for a short time, the forest seemed to grow more and more familiar to them, until at last they saw, in the distance, their father's house. Then they began to run, rushed in the door, and threw themselves into their father's arms. The man had not known one happy hour since he had left the children in the forest. And his wife was dead. And when Gretel opened her pinafore, pearls and precious stones scattered all about the room, and Hansel threw one handful after another out of his pocket to add to them. Then all their anxiety was at an end, and they lived together in perfect happiness. My tale is done. There, runs a mouse. Whosoever catches it may make himself a big fur cap out of it. The end. And that is the end. The end. The end. Finn, it's over. Let's start the real show.
0: We do have some discussion of this story for you, um, but first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
2: If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
3: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.
6: This is Neil Strauss
7: start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily
6: To Die For is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
1: and we're back thank you sponsor yes thank you yeah so there's a lot of, of themes we can unpack in this story uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> but as hinted at in the intro, we did want to talk about misogyny. Yeah. Oh my heck. So so when we were um uh
0: recording this with um with, with our various performers, um kind of everyone commented, but especially um uh, uh our our coworker Miranda, who is playing the mother or stepmother or wife or woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: She was like, is all I'm doing just screaming at these kids? And we were like, yep, that's it. That's all you do. (laughs) You're just a shrew, and you're yelling at the kids, and that's your job. Until you die off camera.
1: Yeah. And there's this vibe. I've always felt this was weird because in fairy tales, they do so often use the evil stepmother. And over on the podcast, I do Stuff I Never Told You. I actually interviewed stepmothers, and they said how damaging this is. Like oh people just gosh, come yeah. in predisposed. wow, Um, to not huh. trust you. Um, but I like in this story, it was said in such a way that I'm like, are you implying I should be rejoicing at this that she <laughs> died? <laughs> she was evil and she's gone, and yay, now the dad is can be a good dad and like raises kids.
0: Yeah. It's really it's really confusing to me. Um, because I, you know, I feel like it's Part of the same kind of misogyny that says that that fathers can't be good parents, mm-hmm. but also that women are just baseline evil. Uh, yeah, because you've got you've got the only good feminine presence in the story is Gretel, who mm-hmm. is not pubescent yet. Um, yeah, so she has that child that childlike innocence. So so she's still okay,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: but. And then, like, like I like I don't know, like, is it implied that the witch and the wife are connected somehow, and that by killing the witch, they killed their stepmother? Ooh.
1: So we did like a table read uh, when we did this with Ben Bolin, our narrator, and I wanted to be both the wife and the mother. Uh, yeah, because I or the wife and the witch. Yeah. The wife and the witch. Yeah, sorry. Um, because I thought, yeah, they're kind of like these two sides of the evil women can be, because you've got like. What is the ultimate sin? Either you're single and you're preying on children (laughs) or you have children and you don't take good care of them.
5: And those are
1: like the worst. I mean, like a a single lady living in a house of bread cooking children. Uh, Never mind that those kids did come and eat off of her house. I'm not taking the witch's side. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) No one ever
0: talks about that. Yeah, you know, she she has to repair
1: that. <laughs> They're a house made of bread, which I hope it doesn't rain very often in this place. All right, um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It just seems like I've been thinking a lot too about cause no one's surprised, but I've been watching a ton of horror movies, and I feel like the little girl is almost always the ultimate symbol of innocence. Yeah. It's always like an yeah. older man protecting a little girl. And that's the stories we see in the like apocalypse situation. And through her innocence, he is redeemed from his like evil, right. violent ways. Um yeah. and so you have that here, and then like immediately when you get into womanhood, it's like but then Welp. that is an <laughs> evil, terrible person who's going to kill children. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's uh it's a lot. It's honestly a lot. Um, uh, and then I, I don't know, there, there, there are all of these other sy- symbols of, of purity throughout the story. Um, all of those white birds, um, mm-hmm. and the white linens and the white stones, um, and the light of the moon. And, and so, you know, you, you actually don't get a lot of, um, of, a textually noted, Actually, no, you do. You do. You get you get a lot of darkness. Um, it specifies that like that like when they wake up in the woods alone, it is the darkest part of the night.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: and uh and the fire is out, and so they have to wait for the moon to rise so that they can see all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, you know, um uh, and, and, and birds certainly um uh you know have always had a little bit of a of a symbolic uh, meaning, freedom and and guidance um throughout the world. Um that heckin' duck, y'all.
1: <laughs> none of us remembered the duck
0: none of us remember the duck um, yeah. and I in doing in doing my reading for this one I did find a note about the duck and I was really glad I did because I <laughs> I was like where does this duck come from why like why is that anyway cool I mean I love a duck too sure that's fine um, but, but yeah um, there was a note that the duck was not in the original version of the story um, it was added Around when the mother was changed to a stepmother in the 1840 edition. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's written as a swan, not mm-hmm. a duck. Um, but I, I, I love the word duck. So I, you know, That's I hope that word. it's a much funner word um, yeah. than than swan. Also, swans are dicks. Um, <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> I, <laughs> Like, I've met a duck that, like, is just fine, but I've never met a swan that didn't want to eat my eyeballs as violently as possible.
1: I feel like everyone I talk to who has some kind of weird bird story, they're, they've got an opinion that's the same about swans, so.
0: Yeah, it's because they're dicks. It's not my fault. I'm only reporting the truth. Um uh, but but yeah yeah so um, right and and then they then they pass over this river I, I do love the inclusion of this river um, because they didn't cross a, a river right coming out to the witch's house but somehow they have to cross one when they're going mm-hmm. back and I don't know it's a it's a great it's a great symbol of just just passing passing over water maybe like passing um, into. Young adulthood, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there are versions of the tale where they're stuck in this witch's house for years.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I wonder. I it kind of reminds me of Chiron. Like you got to get a costume, her yeah, Sticks, and I. I totally. wonder if there's like a conspiracy theory that they died. Oh, the witch actually killed them. Because what? Could she be foolish enough to get in that oven? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So that's she a seems theory. like she's got her. She, she seems like she's got her stuff together. Like this is a woman with a plan. I think she really just thought Gretel was so So dumb. So dumb that she was like, oh sure, I'll crawl in the oven and show you, see? <laughs> <laughs> no way that could backfire at all. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no, I, I I kinda I kinda like that. Like maybe maybe they did die, and maybe this is them passing into the afterlife and 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 finding heaven, finding their version of heaven, in which their father is alive and and loves them and welcomes them back, and their wicked stepmother is is just mysteriously dead, so you don't even have to worry about her,
1: yeah, she's just gone she's in yeah. the picture,
0: <laughs> yeah, and they've got plenty of money and you know a duck oh, yeah, friend, so everything right. is chill
1: that's right uh well i I can't decide if that's like we're ch- we're choosing the darker version or the happier <laughs> version by wanting that. <laughs> Maybe that's the, the moral of the story. <laughs> it makes you question yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's any good story, right? Especially a horror story.
1: Yeah. It is funny, as you said at the beginning, how many of these children's fairy tales, if you stop and think about them, they are kind of horror stories. <laughs> yeah. They're not pleasant. Like, <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. she was gonna eat those kids.
0: <laughs> she was. She 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 made the sister cook for the brother, so that he would be chubby enough to be tasty.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, and then, Im- their parents rude. abandoned them in the woods twice. That twice. twice. I
0: think what sealed me on going with the Margaret Hunt translation of this for for most of the narration is that um. In uh, in the Lucy Crane translation, there, there's that moment when um, the, the the first time that their parents take them out into the woods, um, where they hear this 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 hacking noise, this 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 clunking chopping noise, and they assume that it's their father cutting wood, but um, but it's actually a branch. And in, in the Crane translation, um, it's it's a it's it's just a just a dead branch hanging against this tree and and uh, blowing against it in the wind. But in the Hunt translation. The dad put it there on purpose.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm like, ooh. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's brutal. That's gnarly. I love it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: um, so yeah, I uh I I really hope that that y'all have enjoyed this. Um, we perhaps clearly had a lot of fun with it.
1: Yes, yes, we love doing these. Uh, we love working with our coworkers and seeing what creative things they bring to the table. Um, yeah. And discussing, like, these fairy tales just so long after they were written and, like, <laughs> thinking of the Grimm brothers, know if they knew their podcast was and their stories still getting told. And, yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Um and uh and yeah, thank you so much to our performers. Um our our narrator today is Ben Bolin, who you you may recognize from Stuff They Don't Want You To Know and uh Ridiculous History. Um he uh, he's he's been on the show before. He was here talking about ranch. Yeah. Um <laughs> one of our longest episodes ever. <laughs> Oh, we just went off. We were just like, "Yep, we, we can talk about this for a hot minute." Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he also um, has two stories that he wrote that are that are appearing right now in Thirteen Days of Halloween, and uh, and one that he that he narrated. Uh, so you can hear him there if you want to hear more from him. Um, our mother, as I said, was uh, played by Miranda Hawkins, who is a producer here at iHeart. Um, she's the one who makes American Shadows sound so good. I believe she's also doing work on 13 days um our witch was our own super producer dylan fagan who's been working mostly these days on a a show called family secrets the father was played by friend of the show jed drummond who is a, a musician and actor here in atlanta and uh and of course of course us
1: Yes, yes. Um, We always love hearing from you. If you've got any fairy tales we should look at next, uh, after our long-awaited Alice in Wonderland, we should probably do that first. Yeah, probably. Probably first, yeah. Well, after that, (laughs) you can (laughs) send it our way. Our email is hello at saverpod.com.
0: We're also on social media. You can find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Uh, Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Um, thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan, um, but especially today, Andrew Howard, for providing this beautiful soundtrack, which I have not heard yet yet. Um, but as I'm recording this, but I assume that it is beautiful and perfect because that's kind of what Andrew does. So (laughs) thanks to, thanks to him. Um, Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers and fruits can be enamel enemies.